Football is back. Practice is going on. We're going to react to um, news and notes from practice. A couple big injuries. A couple big players are back. We're going to get into it, including a little bit of snippet on Wisconsin's potentially new explosive offense. All that and more today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Ryan Herring, your host of the Lockdown Badgers. Thank you for making with this one of your first listens of the day every day. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And football is back. Justin Jolka joining the show, longtime friend. And we're going to react. We're going to have some fun. Look at it. He's excited. It's hard to get Justin excited sometimes. So we're going to get into it. And Justin, I got a list of things to react to. Again, we don't have a ton, right? Um, Media was able to see 30 minutes of practice, but there was a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of stretching, (laughs) right? No new schemes that we saw, but I thought there was a lot of interesting tweets and just positional movements, injuries. So we're just going to go down the list and we're going to react to, uh, we might not get through it all, but this is kind of the list of things I thought was interesting. We're going to get through what we can get through, react to it. Uh, Justin, are you excited? Football's back. Yes, I'm ready to roll. I mean, honestly... (laughs) My my year revolves around oh we're we're past the off season what's yep. going on that I can focus on for the next nine months or whatever it is until see, football yep. season starts again. It takes so long to get back to football. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's start here. I I wanted to start with this quote. It was on Twitter in a couple different spots. Uh, Wisconsin players saying they'll attack the whole field with Ingram. One player even said, "quote unquote air raid." Um, your reaction. I think that when it comes to passing concepts and scheme, I think that you there's things to be pulled from every type of offense. Um, mm-hmm. Whether we're going to use them in the same way that they get used in like an air raid scheme, like you, you may you may pull some principles in the way they do things to open things up out of the air raid philosophy without actually running an air raid scheme. And I think that's kind of what's being discussed here. We have things that we're pulling out of the the air raid that we're like this is this is a smart concept that will be is very effective. We've seen plenty of other teams run it well, so I think it's a good idea for us to grab it and and run with it and see what we can do with it. Yeah, I mean let's let's start with I I talked to you offline about air raid with kind of a chuckle like Wisconsin is not going to obviously run any anywhere close to an air raid, but I think your no. point is solid, right? You can take bits and pieces from all sorts of offenses, and quite frankly, there's a lot of good concepts in the air raid to get receivers open that Wisconsin could probably benefit from. And this is the first time where we've really seen players, and the player who said this wasn't named, yeah. but where it, you really see players talking excitedly about some of the differences that Bobby Ingram is probably bringing to the field. The other thing they said were they're going to attack the whole field, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that Wisconsin has failed to do, uh, both both vertically down the field and horizontally stretching the oh, yeah. stretching the field out with smoke screens, receiver screens. Well, yeah, we, we we've discussed that before. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that has frustrated me to no end is not throwing the wide receiver screen. You go back to the 2010 Ohio State game against Wisconsin, and we use that play a lot against them to open things yeah. up. I think we were getting like 10 yards a pop with you know Tune off the edge throwing it out to him on there. So, I mean, that's a play that for whatever reason we stopped using, but to me is an easy throw for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, hey, we pride ourselves on our blocking wide receivers. We should give an opportunity to do it in the passing game from time to time. Agreed. And I, there's some explosiveness at the position too. I, I just mm-hmm. – I, I really like hearing that quote. We're going to see obviously what happens. The other little side note, I was thinking about this before. 
I like the fact that our new offensive coordinator, Bobby Ingram, is a receiver, right? There's something about right. that that makes me feel like he's going to really value he's, that aspect of the game. Yes. He's going right? to be – He's. I mean, we all, all we've heard about wide receivers our whole lives is, you know, how much – give me the ball. Yeah. So so I like the fact that you have a guy there who whose thought process is let's attack and get it to these guys. Yeah. These are like, our weapons. Let's remember we have receivers on the team. And, I, and we – we we've heard before, and this was brought up on, on one of the message boards that I like to frequent. Somebody made the 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 comment that Baltimore uses a lot of actual air raid philosophies in their passing game, uh, mesh concepts, things like that. So if I mean that's a good comparison there mm-hmm. for Wisconsin. Wisconsin can definitely run similar things to what Baltimore was doing. They were limited at wide receiver. They were more of a run first team. What they don't have is the mobility at quarterback. But the passing scheme itself is something that the Badgers can look at and say, hey, there's a lot of things here that we can incorporate. Yeah, no, I totally agree. All right, let's move on. Um, Aaron Witt, still on a scooter, apparently had a setback. Timeline unknown, missed so much time. Again, not a ton to to dive into here, but just what a bummer for a guy who everyone seems to think the sky's the limit. I mean, this is a guy that people talk about like he's a future NFL dude and he just Mm -hmm. can't get healthy. I think it's time we send him to Germany with A-Rod to get his leg out, right? <laughs> yeah, A-Rod's got some techniques, or, man. Or we get, or we just go bionic. Let's just give him a robotic foot. Yeah, it's it's such a bummer, man. Again, not not a lot more to say yeah. there other than what a shame. Um, This one is interesting to me. So Riley Mullman, it's been reported, is moving over to right tackle. That was reported on the local media day. Um, I think it's really interesting for a couple reasons. It, it's interesting because Mullman is a highly, highly thought of guy, right? Uh, six seven frame really young but really really high upside and Mm -hmm. him moving makes me think that they're looking at him as a starting spot this year but it also begs the question what happens to logan brown right the former five-star guy was practicing at right tackle i think it's really interesting what are your thoughts on this one moment moving over to right tackle well the way i look at it is this is bob boast that he doesn't care about your ego if you're a Mm -hmm. lineman and my thought on it is is he looks at his depth chart and he says okay this guy has starting level ability I'm not going to waste him as a backup if I think he can start at another position and a position that we're weak at. And I don't think Logan Brown has grabbed that position and run with it. So I think that that is a position that I you feel quite strongly that there's a solid above average chance that Mallman's going to steal right tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means let me let me run this five across for you for the offense line because I think it's looking like well we know Nelson's the left tackle. Yeah, like we know that he's happening. a lock there. He's a that's lock there. Anymore. And we we know there's probably some type of battle between Logan Brown and Mallman at right tackle. And then you have Fertney, Tipman, Beach, Bordellini somewhere in the middle. Okay. It's where, gonna be where, Beach at left guard, it's gonna right. be Tipman probably at center, and then probably Fertney at right guard. And that's where it looks right now. Like Tipman is the number one center. Uh boasted has uh Bordellini at number two. That's a really strong potential mm-hmm. five, right? Tipman is really good. Beach is coming back for that extra year. Nelson, we love. Um there could be a lot of fun there with that that road grading group. I, I here's what I'll say about Bordellini. It would not shock me to see them put him heavily at center in fall camp, but then kind of as we get closer to the season, have him kind of branch out a little bit more into the guard positions mm-hmm. because I think he's talented enough that they'll look at him as somebody who can be the swing player on the inside and potentially push Fertney during the course of the season. So he'll as long as he has everything down where he can play center at a high level if he has to move there. I do feel comfortable that that uh, Bosted might be like, hey, this is a guy that can push 
either guard spot. Let's let's go ahead and and see if he can challenge. And to the best player goes the position. Yeah, I agree. I think Bordellini is really good, yes. and I think he could start on a lot of teams. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying, and so could Fertney. I think I think Tittman yeah. could as well. Beach could. So this is the strongest line inside. grouping that I've thought yeah. in probably the last three or four years. And then you look at some of the players behind him, like Trey Wedding was a big time four star mm-hmm. tackle, right? There's there's a lot of talent still right behind that group. And quite frankly, if uh, Riley Malman is the right tackle, it wouldn't stun me to see not this year, but next year Logan Brown moving into guard because he's a big powerful guy. Um, all right, let's get into the yeah, next one. Run blocking oh, is his strength too. So absolutely, like you put him in more of a phone booth. You know, Tyler Beach talks about it. It's just easier here. I don't have to worry about that quick Less step that's set up. Yep. yep, I just move people right. Mm-hmm. Which Logan Brown can definitely move people. We <laughs> yes. we've actually seen He's that in absolutely games. destroyed guys. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm curious in you know you need him to stick around the program right. We're in the era where that doesn't always happen, but I think that could be a future. Uh, coming up, we have a ton more to get to. Uh, we're going to talk about running backs coming back and a potential devastating injury at tight end. We're going to get into all that on Lockdown Badgers as we continue this show. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Bill Bar remains your number one source for all your nutritional needs. It is uh, my go-to source. I have the reoccurring buy on Amazon. I've talked about that. I- I'm all about the churro. They sent me the birthday cake one the other day. It's really good. It's tasty. It's delicious. It doesn't sit in your gut like a candy bar. Bunch of protein, 17, 18, 19, 20 grams of protein. You want to put some muscle on like Justin. You know, you got to get that built bar going, get to the gym and and bring the built bar with you. Throw it in the backpack. It's easy, simple, healthy, delicious, nutritious, checks every single box. Everything 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your, or replace your candy bars with these. You're not going to regret it. And with lockdown, we have a great value for you. Head to the website today, built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your order at built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I uh, really want to thank everyone again for making Lockdown Badgers one of your first listens every day as we continue to talk Badgers. Everything's heating up. We're continuing to build the community. Uh, bring Justin back in here. And uh, Justin, let's let's go to the next one. I think this is really good. Uh, Malusi and Isaac Grendo. Ches Malusi, Isaac Grendo, both back, both practicing 100%. Um, Malusi talked about, I feel great. Grendo talked about feeling really good. This is great news considering where both of those players <clears> were <throat> last year and really the upside of them. Well, yeah, I mean, Malusi is a, I don't want to call him a 1B because I think there is a little bit more of a step down for him to, from Braylon Allen, but Braylon Allen is a free show. I mean, it, he just mm-hmm. is. He's, he's he's a top five running back in college football. Malusi is more of a above average college running back, mm-hmm. which is still very good. It's just, he's not as dynamic as what you're getting with Braylon Allen. Now, as a number two back, you're loving it. Because he's a, he'd be a strong starter on anybody else's team, and now you have a guy who can be that change of pace, or you know, give a breather to a guy so he doesn't get as banged up as he did last year. Because I mean, we all thought that Braylon Allen was was kind of beaten up by the end of the season and definitely didn't need yeah, that many carries for sure. <clears throat> no, he was um, he was definitely done by the end. 
Garendo, I, I honestly I have no idea what to make of that him. I have yet to see enough in-game from him to know what he is. I mean, we the last thing we remember was watching him take it 80 yards for a touchdown where mm-hmm. he just blew by everybody. Um, there's some flashes there of things with him with his vision and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, maybe this guy has something, but we've never consistently been able to see him on the field to know really what he is as a player. Yeah, he's he's a total X factor, right? When when the when the college football amphalon and all the preview magazines come out and they list every team. This is, this is the coach's take on this team. And this is the X factor, right? Mm-hmm. Garendo's an X factor. Cause he's a 220 oh, yes, pound sure. dude with, with track speed, mm-hmm. but he, he's a, you know, he reminds me a little bit of um in, in both his physical ability and his speed and his size, uh, Tevin Coleman, when Indiana had Tevin Coleman. And that's, that's not a bad comp. He, he used to, he's not that good. Like Tevin Coleman also had uh, more agility in the hole, but yeah, you know, he, I remember those, he's a guy that if you get him in space and he gets a, he gets a step, he's, Oh, gone. he's gone. He's gone. And I remember those Indiana Ohio state games, like Ohio state couldn't catch up to Tevin Coleman mm-hmm. and Garendo is that type of athlete. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's in this position where he's not going to get 10, 12 carries with Braylon Allen mm-hmm. and Ches Malusi, but he could get four or five impactful touches. What this is why I oh, think yeah. this is such a big deal. When you have a guy like Braylon Allen or Malusi in the backfield and you do some things with Garendo, it's they're the focus is just isn't on yeah. him. And he he's not a guy you can lose track of with that kind of speed. Because yeah. if you do if you're a step late with him, you're you're just not catching him. You can absolutely imagine um, a jet sweep, a screen, a wheel route, oh, yeah. right, where you get actually where the linebacker backside. gets sucked in off the edge and doesn't and, come out there. And, and, has to, and then has to try to run with Garendo. Like, yeah. it, I just – I'm so excited to see, A, it's nice sometimes to get a fresh set of eyes. Like, Ingram's a fresh mm-hmm. set of eyes. If Garendo can stay healthy, he's going to break four to five to six 50-yard-plus plays this year. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident of that. I don't know it, if it will be that many. That would put him towards the top of college football. But I could see two or three for sure. The, two or the three 20, is not that those twenty yard those twenty yard chunk plays maybe, I'll take from them all. Maybe day, though. maybe I should say twenty, but I think yeah. you're going to see a, a handful of big plays from him if he oh, stay, yeah. if he stays healthy. He'll definitely um, be a guy that bolts around the corner and picks up twenty, and the safety has to catch him or be the last. Yeah, you know, or he's gone. No, I'm very excited for it. Maybe we unleash him in Columbus, um, <laughs> right? Week four, maybe maybe give the Buckeyes a little bit of a, a surprise there. All right, moving on. Um, tight end last year. And really, the last couple of years, tight ends have been decimated by injuries. You know, last year, Dakovich and Eschenbach, Cundiff, Pugh, Large. Um, everyone's back healthy this year, dot, 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 except Cam Large went down with a right mm-hmm. right leg injury. His right knee is what he hurt last year. Yeah, I was going to um, say, it sounds like it was the same injury again. Yeah, so two-parter here. What do you? How do you feel about the depth at tight end now that everybody sands Cam Large is back and healthy? And how big of a, a loss is Cam Large? Like, how high were you on him? Well, I will say this. In terms of depth, I have no idea what we have for depth. Fair. I know we have more bodies there. I fair. don't know no, fair. what any of them will do in terms of an in-game scenario. I think we um, know Cundiff a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, Cundiff, I think, is a legit a legit player. We know him a Eschenbach, little bit. we didn't use him that heavily, and he played a lot last year. Yeah. Um, but then again, we had one of the better tight ends in the Big Ten, so he wasn't going to be the focus. Um, Pew, I would love to see break breakout. You know, if he comes in as a as a guy, we start messing around in the passing game, putting two two tight ends out there that are receivers. I would love to see them mess with some of that. Um, Cam Large, to be quite honest, I think he was our second blocking tight end. If it wasn't him, it was Dakovich. Yeah. So I think the way I look at it is, 
I like the guy when he was coming in. It seems like from a receiver, like there, I remember seeing some footage of him a year, I think it was last year before he got injured, where he looked a little, he didn't look as fluid as some of the other guys at the position in the receiver and was a step slower. Now, that's not to say that he wouldn't have been productive. I do think he's probably a great blocker, but I don't know if he's really was going to see the field this year. That being said, there's a lot of potential reps that he's missing out on between practice and everything yeah. else that next year he probably would have an opportunity. And you do have Hayden Rucci, obviously, as, as the yeah. blocking tight end. Yeah, so he's the guy have, for sure. You still have that earth mover there. So, yeah, I, when I talk, when I'm looking at the tight end depth chart, I just – I keep saying you can't be that unlucky again. And of course the first practice, right? Cam large goes down with a leg injury. I like a lot of the bodies though. Like I think there's a good mix of athletic bodies. We didn't even talk about Jalen Franklin who gosh only knows if the coaching staff will ever figure out how to use a hyper athletic, you know, in in tight end, but he's still there as well. I mean, JTC Greaves is coming in. He's probably obviously not going to play behind a bunch of bodies, but he's got to put on about 15 pounds. Right. I, I just, I think there's a lot there. Assuming we always get decimated by injuries again, I think you're going to see a combination of Rucci, Cundiff, and a few other bodies mix it in. I think that'll Ashton be pretty Bach, good. Yeah. Franklin yep. might get in there sparingly for certain sets. Yep. I think that'll be a pretty good set. Um, yeah. All right. Let's, let's move here. Uh, I wanted to talk about the receivers a little bit. Dean Ingram, there was a couple clips again. We're, and again, like I, I've already said this, but we're going off like 30 minutes of media availability and like two or three, yeah, three, three plays. Right. It's like these are the two plays that, that worked out. <laughs> And I analyzed them from every angle for 17 minutes, um, FYI, you know, but I do want to, I do want to bring up, I think you can still glean little bits here and there. And obviously we we were diehards with this. Dean Inger made a couple nice catches or a nice catch. And there were some uh, reports that he's looking pretty good receiver. Where does Dean Ingram actually fit into this receiver group though? When you look at a top four of Marcus Allen, Keontas Lewis, Skylar Bell, Chimre DK, I mean, we're not going air raid. Like are we, how many receivers are catching passes this year? I think here's the thing. None of those guys have a set spot. Well, Chimre does. Yes. He's the, he's the only guy. Um, I feel like the unfortunate thing is that Ingram is kind of fighting for the same spot as him. Now, if you're going to bump DK to the outside and use Ingram in the slot, which I think he could be very good at, then yeah, he'd do great. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not necessarily sold on him on the outside heads up on a corner. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw the footage that if you watch that film where he beat his man deep, that was a safety. So, you know, will we be seeing that from him when he's on a corner? Hard to say. I mean, that he should have corner should be able to stay with him a little bit better. That being said, I do think that there's a lot of talent there for Ingram. I like mm-hmm. him as a player. It's just we don't really know what he is. We know he was a, a good corner and probably would be our nickelback this year if he was stayed on defense. So he's got talent. The question I have is, is that there are a lot of bodies there, and it's how do you keep everyone happy, and what are we going to do to do this? Because there are legitimately four or five guys who actually deserve the ball. And I doubt we're going to get everybody to, like, 30 catches, but can get, like, some of those backup guys to 15? That's It's going to get tough, right? Because then you talk about the tight ends we just talked about, too. Mm -hmm. You know, And um, that might be the position that ends up losing some of it. It could like be. We're not going to have a tight end that's going to have 40 catches this year. It's going to be somebody that ends up having 25 or 30, and we end up having, you know, more wide receiver catches off of this because we're going to have, you know, more three wide sets and stuff like that. Well, and keep in mind, Stephen Bracey's healthy too. That's a, that's a guy we liked and just who just hasn't been healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's got speed. 
He's he's got very much speed. He might he's probably yeah. probably the fastest wide receiver we have. Well, before pre-injury was the fastest wide receiver. I mean, listen, we've seen him take a kickoff to the house, yeah. right? Like how many and guys on the roster? Fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. He outran that was Nebraska game and he mm-hmm. outran angles. Like, so yeah. you have right there, there's six receivers we talked mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, so it's interesting. The other interesting thing with the receivers to me is Marcus Allen and Bell both came in last year and flashed as true freshmen. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a, always a big jump from that initial taste of college football to that next year. I'm, yeah. They could make big jumps, and suddenly oh, you're talking sure. about a top three that's really interesting. I, wa- I wanted to ask you this, and obviously not going to hold you to it, but I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, rank the top four receivers in terms of receptions next year. Um, I'm going to no, say – No tight ends, just receivers. Yeah. DK? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Man, that second one's tough. Right. I'm I'm gonna say I, I think we saw a lot from Kiantes Lewis in spring, but I'm gonna go with actually Marcus Allen. And then I think Skyler and then Kiantes Lewis. Okay. Yeah, I I'm mostly with you. I'm I think Chimre is the obvious one. That's that's yeah. simple. And then I, I think it's Marcus Allen, Dean Ingram. And, and I Bell. wouldn't that would not shock me at all. Listen, I think the coaches, got some the offensive coordinator's like son that. is catching some passes. Let's just be real, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's happening. Well, and if well, he does something good, you know that he's going to keep getting opportunities. Yeah, let's just be real here. You know, Coach Ingram's son is getting yeah. some some rocks thrown his way, unless he's uh, going to get knocked down because you know Dad doesn't want to want any nepotism claims. Right. We'll <laughs> see. I I think either way, I think that highlights the fluidity of that position. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, one more here before we go to another quick break. The Badgers, we listen, Justin, you and I on our previous show, offline on this show, we've talked about the the painful search to finish the recruiting department, right? To fill out the recruiting department. Mm-hmm. There's seven players, there's seven people listed in that department now. It looks like an actual full legitimate recruiting department. It's Two more people, janitors, are they? I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't I didn't double check, but there's there's uh you know, graphics people, there's seven player yeah. or seven people, which is more than we had with Saeed Khalif, right? Mickey Turner's heading in. I think we maxed so, out at four there. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, long road here, full of what I think we would both agree were an unnecessary weight, but I think we're I think we're there now. Now it's just a matter of how good they are. Yep. And right now they they've got their work cut out for them. We've got to find some offers because there's right. not much on the table right now. So we got to find some people that we think are are quality players. Now, whether we're going to wait for some senior year film from kids or what, I don't like being put on that kind of timetable tight, especially if there's teams that have already developed a relationship with a lot of those kids and we're just jumping in cold. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this before. I think this year's class is always going to be built on a foundation of some some termite-laden wood, right? Like, Because yeah. I just think there's holes here that the recruiting department just can't fix it. It came together late. There's a lot of new coaches. Here's the point that I want to make. And Ryan and I agree on this. Us saying that this isn't a good class has nothing to do with the players that have already committed. We like the guys that have already committed. What it does is say there are holes that are not being filled in this class that we feel like need to be filled. And I think that that's kind of where people get upset when you talk negatively about the class and you and I, I think both agree on that, that the problem isn't necessarily like there's some high end talent that we'd like to see, but there's also positions that we're not being seen fortified that we feel are major issues that need to be dealt with. Yeah. I, I, I mostly agree with that. Like I've always said though, that, and 
I said this early on and people got a little up in ours, but I said this, people have to prepare for this class not being a super strong class. And part yeah. of that's because there's not a great in-state class. Yeah, Like some of that, there's no coaches can do anything about, but you're also bringing in players, our coaches, um, I feel like Al like Johnson a, and Bobby Ingram, though, that to an extent that feels like ties. a cop. That feels like that's a not cop a cop out for Wisconsin. Okay. No, but well, hear me out on this. We're still recruiting roughly from our our footprint, which is we we basically traded Wisconsin for Illinois this year. So our that's, a, that's not a good from, trade for Wisconsin. And no, it's not. But I'm saying we've we've grabbed five or six players from Illinois this year, and we normally would have like two. Sure. So so we've kind of you know, circumvented the system a little bit and went with, all right, we don't have a strong in-state class, so where can we make up some of that ground? We grabbed it from Illinois. So what we're missing is that we're not hitting on high-end players like we we have in previous classes. By high-end, I mean guys that are challenging for four-star or or are four-star players. Now, that right, is right. where in-state, I, I will admit, none of the Illinois kids that we grabbed were four-star kids. And so that is kind of the negative. We've grabbed some good talent from that state, but nobody's been really a a a lock type player like a Herbig we've gotten in previous sure. classes, where it's like this sure. guy's going to be a stud. Like that guy was Tackett. Yeah, that was the yeah. guy. But I would say again, like I don't think it's just the in-state thing. I think it's a bunch of new coaches coming in as well who don't have that. Ties. That part I think is the biggest. Um, team. I think that matters. And you I think a, it's a recruiting department that literally just came together. You have a bunch of guys who, to be quite frank, haven't been really recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, or have been recruiting differently. Like Johnson was recruiting division two, yep. completely different ball game. Yep. Um, that's not to say that he's not a good recruiter. It just means that he is not used to recruiting in this style compared to what he's seen. He saw at that level. It's, it's just a different ball game. It just is the new inside um, linebackers coach. Denorfio yeah, has been, been out, out of the ball. Well, yeah. Yeah. So Bobby we have Ingram a bunch of guys NFL. who have not been used to the grind and are getting mm-hmm. their feet wet again. So it's going to take them some time to get, you know, rolling and, and figure out what works for them again and everything. Because the landscape of football, being out for a couple of years, that's that's like a lifetime with what's happened in college football and recruiting the last I couple agree. of years. Yeah, I agree. All right, coming up on Lockdown Badgers, a couple more lightning round questions, um, things that were thrown out there that we're going to react to with Justin Jolka. Uh, so that's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. All right, coming through here. Uh, we're gonna finish up here, Justin. A couple more, a little quicker lightning round stuff. I I tried to prioritize the things that I think were really interesting. Players coming back from injury, big injury, offensive line. Um, but I did want to talk about Al Ashford uh, is practicing with the safeties, and I laugh because, like, mm. here's the thing: it's Al Ashford has physical tools as a six foot, six foot one guy with four four speed. That's hard to find, right? It is. So very. He came in as a corner went if they're already moving him to safety, the thing is they probably don't see an elite corner in him. Otherwise they wouldn't move him. I don't think that means he can't move back to corner, but I'm saying if he was flashing what they would consider elite level ability at cornerback with that speed and size, um, they're not moving him to safety. That or he is rawer than they thought. And they felt like with the bodies that were ahead of him, it would take him a couple of years to get there. He had a better opportunity to pick up safety, mm-hmm. which is possible too. You know, maybe they feel that safety has got a, a less of a learning curve and they figure mm-hmm. that he would be better there where he can just let his athleticism play rather than having to focus as much on technique, you know, man up on a guy. It's possible. And it's also possible they move him back to corner mm-hmm. when the, the transfers leave. But again, I, I would say if they really think his future is at corner, knowing that you have three to four people leaving next year, I think they would leave him at corner to get those reps because I'm going to lead I, into I the. I don't disagree. 
I'm going to lead into the next point here. And you and I talked about this previously, the safety spot. Suddenly that spot has been pretty fortified, right? You have Latou, the transfer, Toller's back on the roster, Zachman's back, Kate Iacomelli. Now these are younger guys, but they've added mm-hmm. a ton of bodies to that spot mm-hmm. to mix in with Hunter Wooler, Torchio. And to be quite frank, a ton of athleticism. Yeah. Oh, big time athletes there. Maybe, honestly, I didn't think about this. That's a great point. This is probably the most athletic group that we've had at safety. Not the best. And we've had more athletic safeties like um, Jamerson, Jamerson, for example, or Desmond Southward. That guy was a freak Mm -hmm. show athletically. But when you talk about Wohler, Austin Brown, Cade Iacomelli, um, Al Ashford, now you're adding that that frame back there. You know, that Titus Toller, if he's back to where he was, that is a Mm -hmm. really, really athletic group. Comparison for you. Um, Ashford, it could be Jamerson a year earlier moving to the position. Sure. So there's there's potential there for him to be that type of player at safety. They're similar profiles. Mm-hmm. I think you could you'd say uh, Jamerson had slightly slightly more speed. Yeah. Not a lot. It's pretty close. Like they're probably bigger. Yeah. Like Jefferson's definitely bigger. Like 5'11. <clears throat> rangier. Yeah. So he he fits what you were looking for for a guy to be a rangy center fielder type if he's got the ball skills. So we'll sure. I guess we'll see. Sure. That's that's going to be an interesting depth chart next year, right? Cuz all of those dudes are coming back. Yeah, there's going to be. I'm I'm going to I'm going to be just blunt. There's going to be a lot of movement. We're going to see guys moved out of that position. They're going to see whoever catches and whoever's left. They're going to move to positions where they think they have more opportunity. All right, a couple more quick ones for you. Uh, No, Isaac Ham on the roster. That's been talked about. Um, Wait and see later. Yep. Yep. Hopefully he gets on there. Four star uh, defensive end, outside linebacker. Uh, No more knee brace for Curtis Neal. One of our favorite uh, recruits mm. from last year's cycle, um, and quite frankly, a defensive lineman they they don't get if he didn't have that knee injury. We talked about uh, uh, the kid from California. Was it Ashton? Yeah. Ash- how how happy Ashton he Sanders. looked all the time. Yeah. That's who Curtis Neal was last last class. Yeah. He was that guy, the guy with the constant That's like a great point. You know that he's just that has that charisma about him. Like he's the guy who's always happy that everybody else is kind of feeding off of. Those guys are so valuable in football because it's such a grind. Having those guys that are have that infectious happiness mm-hmm. to them makes such a big deal to a team. Yeah, and, and a big time talent like a, a mm-hmm. player that Wisconsin yes. probably doesn't get. He's he, a tree he stone. Hurt. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna quick, be really good. Quick, short guy that's gonna really, really irritate an inside lineman. Agreed. Um, last, last one here. So, uh, one of the graduate transfers this year, Vito Calvaroso, the Arkansas cannon legged, you know, kicker. Um, you know, so he, it's going to be a competition with him and Nate Benzel for kicking duties. Nate Benzel started off as the retro freshman started off as the, the number one. This is super early in fall camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to shift, but just a note that Vito did not start off as number one. And yeah. Nate actually went three for three on the kicks. They saw either way, this team desperately needs better special teams play, right? Oh, yeah. From the punt return spot, mm-hmm. to the field goal spot. Like it's really hampered this team recently. Yeah, punting is about the only thing we feel good about. Mm-hmm. Um, place kicking, we just need somebody that we can feel confident in. And from, I would say, 45 in. 45, I would say, yeah, like it's tough, right? What What's a fair range to say we expect to be confident? Because 45 for a college kicker feels like. I don't I, think it is. Like, I, I yeah. if, if you're if you're kicking, like, watch the NFL. Most of those well, guys are okay. kicking 40. No, I'm saying they're kicking 45 to 50 is, is the, the range. In college, I feel like it's more like 38 to 45 is the range for the most part for most of their field goals. Um, well, Maybe. I mean, the most, the that's the range where they seem to start to struggle. 
And you need somebody that's going to consistently somewhat hit from that. And when I, when I say consistently, I'm saying I need we need 65 to 70% from that range. Yeah, I would say we need to feel better from like 42, 38 right where it's yeah. even that has felt very sketchy recently yeah like and that, that's what i'm saying is you yeah, get yeah. in that that kind of gray area we need guys that can consistently hit that we're not going to find a guy who's going to be drilling them from 50 yards out consistently no. unless you're looking at a guy who you know is going to be an nfl kicker well calvaros has got the leg for it but we got to see if the accuracy is there he's definitely going to be the kickoff specialist he's got some guy. john hall to him yeah so we'll see if the the accuracy is there if it's just going to be scattershot but definitely something to keep track of uh, Justin, man, thank you for jumping on. Um, kept you for 31 minutes so far, a little bit over where we usually go, but I really appreciate it. a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I want to thank everyone else for tuning in as well. Lockdown Badgers. We got a bunch more coming up. Fall camp is going on a basketball trip to Europe, a ton of stuff happening. Yeah. So continue. Yeah. We have to talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, continue listening to the show on Wisconsin and we'll talk more later. All right. Later.